Hey everybody, this is Warren Sharp, NFL analyst over at Sharp Football Analysis. I want to welcome you to the Ringer Gambling Show. Join me on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays each week during the NFL season with guests Chris Vernon, Ben Solak, and Joe House to guide you through the NFL betting landscape. We'll be talking spreads, game totals, parlays, player props, futures, and much, much more. Be sure to follow the Ringer Gambling Show on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Lucasfilm and Disney Plus, presenting an all-new Star Wars series, The Acolyte. Stream the two-episode premiere June 4th and witness an investigation into a shocking crime spree where secrets will emerge and no one is safe from the truth. The Acolyte, two-episode premiere, streaming June 4th only on Disney Plus. baby welcome in our first ever football monday edition of new york new york with yours truly jj john Stremsky, right here on the ringer podcast network and normally at the start of every football season hope springs eternal there's all of this anticipation there's all of this excitement Everybody dreaming about the possibility of their team being successful. That is what you think about going into week one. Well, those positive vibes that you might have had for the New York Giants, I think it's fair to say a good majority of them went right down the drain after what was a hapless, pathetic joke of a week one effort losing by the score of 27 to 13 to the Denver Broncos. And let's be honest, this final score at 27 to 13 is window dressing. It is absolute window dressing because you have to acknowledge a couple of different things here. Number one, the giant defense that got a lot of love in the offseason, a giant defense that a lot of people thought could be an upper tier defense in the league got absolutely gashed by Teddy Bridgewater. And I don't want to hear about Denver's receivers. I don't want to hear about their weapons. Hogwash. Teddy Bridgewater was able to do whatever the hell he wanted to do in this particular game. Guy basically threw eight incomplete passes throughout. Giant rush defense. Pathetic. Giving up 165 yards on the ground where you're basically averaging six yards a pop. And you name me 
the skill position player for the Broncos. They made a big play, and they also dropped a couple of plays and had that key turnover in which the scoring and the performance would have looked that much worse. The giant defense has got to be better. I understand many of the national narratives, and we'll get to the quarterback in a minute, but many of the national narratives are going to center around Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones in the fumble, Daniel Jones not scoring enough, Daniel Jones not looking apart. All fair, all true. But if the Giants are going to be worth the damn in 2021, this defense has to be better. They did not go up against an elite-level offense. Denver this year is probably going to end up being, what, an average offense? I know they got weapons. I know they got threats. They're going to end up being an average offense. You can't look as overmatched as they did. Now, we get to the quarterback. You got the full Daniel Jones experience in week one. Because there were some moments in this game, especially early on, where it looked like Daniel Jones was ready to rock and roll. Great hookup with Sterling Shepard. Great hookup with Darius Slayton. All of a sudden, the Giants end up scoring. They take the lead. MetLife Stadium's going crazy. And you're curious to see, well, how are they going to build on this? They don't. They have that scoring drive, and then it's basically stall out after stall out after stall out. And there were times in this game, I don't know if Giant fans felt the same way, there were running lanes for Daniel Jones. Take them. Seize them. Some of the play calling from Garrett, they're down 10, and the idea of them running the football, I'm like, you're down 10, you got to throw, you got to be aggressive there in those sort of situations. But it was a very pedestrian effort from the Giant quarterback. And don't, see, this is why statistics sometimes can drive you insane. I think for a lot of people who didn't watch today's game, they're going to maybe look at a box score and they're going to see that Daniel Jones went 22 of 37 for 267 yards. And they're going to be like, JJ, 91 passer rating, almost two for 300 yards, blah, 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 blah. Here's the bottom line. A majority of those numbers came in what we like to call garbage time when the Giants were already down by 20 points. You know what was not in garbage time? The Giants driving, the Giants building momentum, the Giants with an opportunity to get themselves right back into a ball game, and I got to see Daniel Jones when he easily could have slid fumbling the football. That is inexcusable. Daniel Jones is now a third-year quarterback who's made a lot of starts. That sort of crap can't happen because it deflated the entire feel of any sort of comeback. This is the same crap we've been watching with Daniel Jones now for the last two-plus years. It's one game. One game is not going to necessarily define this team and define this season. But if you're going to sit there and tell me that Daniel Jones was good enough on Sunday, you were not watching the same film that I was watching. I'll take it a step further. Barkley, and I know he's coming back off an injury. 
I understand Denver's front is terrific, and the Giants, of course, struggled to protect at times, struggled to create running lanes. All, all, all true. Barkley looked like he was 45 years old. That's one game. I'm not going nuts. But Saquon Barkley did not look like the reincarnation of Barry Sanders or Eric Dickerson. Let's just put it that way. Giants better hope that Saquon Barkley is going to be a better version of this. Because if this is the guy I'm getting for the remainder of this year, then there's not a chance in hell I'm resigning him. And I'm not even going to get into the narrative of what a bad pick it was and why it made no sense. Uh, that time is done. It's over. You know how I feel. I'm right. If you disagree, you're wrong. We'll leave it at that. Giants think Barkley to give him something. Galladay looked okay. Came on the field, made some nice catches. But this is a terrible performance. To start your season at home in a winnable game against an average football team and get punked the way that they did, very alarming. And then you got Judge, who I love. I'm a big Joe Judge guy. I like him. I like him personally. I I like the kind of attitude that he's trying to bring to the Giants. Coach, you got to know the damn rules. Scoring plays are now reviewable. You can't throw a hissy fit and throw a challenge flag. You're going to lose a timeout. Thankfully, it didn't really mean a whole lot for the Giants because, you know, the game was basically already in doubt anyway, but you got to know better. And the NFL, I learned this lesson a long, long time ago. Life comes at you fast. The Giants now, folks, at 0-1, they got three days, and then they're taking on the Washington football team with Heineken at quarterback. Going to need a lot of Heinekens if you're a Washington fan watching that game. Fitzmagic, nowhere to be found for the next couple of weeks. Loser that game is going to be 0-2. Think about that for a minute. Washington with their expectations. Giant fans expected this to be a better year. You can't start off 0-2 again. The Giants have had way too many of these sort of starts. Sooner or later, enough is enough. You cannot bury yourself in the month of September. That's as close to a must game in the early season as you're going to get. Because look at the schedule for the Giants. Atlanta at home, winnable. At New Orleans, tough game. We'll see if it's in New Orleans. At the Cowboys, Rams, Panthers, Chiefs. And then the Bucks a couple weeks later. This is a big pendulum game in a few days. And my takeaway after watching this on Sunday, they better be a heck of a lot better. Now, we get to the New York Jets. And for about two and a half quarters, It looked like from a Jets standpoint, it was going to be basically what you saw last season. The Jets can't block. First half of this game, their quarterback, the second overall pick, Zach Wilson, looked very much like a rookie. You have to witness Sam Donald and Robbie Anderson punking you, scoring touchdowns in the process. Donald got off to a little bit of a sluggish start. Actually missed a couple of guys. Missed, I thought, what would have been a wide-open touchdown in the middle of the field. But he kind of got his feet under him. He kind of got going and then started to let it rip against the future Jets secondary. And when the Jets fell behind 16-0 and Anderson scoring a touchdown, he's doing the Jet dance. Let's be honest. You thought the Jets were probably going to go and lose this game by 30-plus points. That it was going to be another one of these lifeless, waste of effort type of games. This is where I got to commend the Jets. And I understand the bar and the standard is a lot different from a Jets standpoint to a Giants standpoint. That's just 
the cold hard truth. The Giants are expected to win this year. The Jets are not. The Jets have a first-year coach. The Jets have a first-year quarterback. The Jets don't have as much talent on their overall roster as the Giants do. And the Giants have their problems and their flaws. They still have more to work with. For the Jets to lose Beckham, for the Jets to have the holes that they did in the secondary and fight the way they did in the second half, I am going to feel good about that going into week two. And I think that is a positive reflection early on Robert Sala. I like that. Instead of that game turning into 30 to nothing, the Jets hung around. They made some stops. They got off the field. And then all of a sudden, they opened up the offense because they had to. And Zach Wilson started making some plays. It's quitting as a connection with Corey Davis. Davis was terrific. Five catches, 97 yards, two touchdowns. You'd like to see more from Denzel Mims. I understand he's not a great practice player. He's a guy that they took pretty high in the draft just a year ago. Play him. That would be my advice to the Jet coaching staff. Play him. Let's see what he can do now moving forward. He had a 40-yard grab. Berrios made some plays. Jetline is a problem. And I understand they had some guys coming back off of you know injuries, COVID, what have you. The Jetline looked bad with Mekhi Beckton. Now, Becton getting caught off the field, that's going to complicate things. That's going to make life a heck of a lot worse for Zach Wilson. And how would I grade Wilson's first game? He looked like a rookie. I think there were times you saw some really, really good things. Some elusiveness, some throws down the field, some exciting elements that he can build on. Absolutely. You also saw a couple of plays, an interception, a sack in which he's holding on to the football way too long. I mean, I'm screaming watching this game saying, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball, Zach. Going to get yourself killed. He's got to learn from that. He's got to grow from that. But remember, he's a rookie. It's not going to get any easier for him because Bill Belichick and an angry Patriot defense will be awaiting in week two. Fight is what I'm looking for out of the Jets. A competitive, spirited fight week in and week out. You got that in week one. Be real with what your expectations are for this team. The Giants, some of you thought they were a playoff team. They didn't come anywhere close to looking like a playoff team. So we're loaded. Football Sunday, first ever edition of New York, New York. Voicemails are coming up, and we're going to run around the league when we come back. The big winners, the big losers, a couple of notes from all the other games to know. We talk about everything here, NFL-related on this pod. That's why we do what we do. We're coming right back. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on Cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right, so before we get to voicemails, all in all, I thought it was a solid week one. I thought the four o'clock games from a competitive standpoint, from a watchable standpoint, were far more enjoyable than the one o'clock slate. Let's run through all these. That's what we do. We run around the league. Eagles, couldn't have been more wrong on that game. 32 to six over the Atlanta Falcons. Jalen Hurts looked terrific. The Eagle running game looked terrific. Atlanta looked absolutely clueless on both sides of the ball. 
I was expecting Art Smith to come in and start working wonders with that offense. Didn't happen. And remember, this is going to be a narrative that kind of follows the Falcons. They didn't take a quarterback in the draft this year. So they doubled down on the idea of Ryan trying to be a winner, trying to be competitive. Bad, bad start for Atlanta. Really good start for the Eagles. And know this with the NFC East. I didn't think the Eagles were going to be particularly good going into the year. However, this division has taught us historically the team that is last in the Vegas odds always seems to be last. Look at the Washington football team a season ago. Really impressive win for the Eagles. That caught my eye. How about Pittsburgh going into Buffalo and winning by the score of 23 to 16? And this was a game where Ben Roethlisberger didn't throw for 200 yards. The Steeler rushing attack only put together 75 yards. And Najee Harris, trust me, my fantasy team and the great Tommy Keenan, we are paying for it because he has done diddly squat here in his first ever you know, debut with my franchise. How do you win a game with Roethlisberger doing very little and your rushing attack doing very little? Defense, 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 and special teams. They were able to neutralize Buffalo in the red zone. They were able to take Buffalo and turn them into a team that was kicking a bunch of field goals. They took advantage of some big plays, forced a couple of turnovers. That ends up being the difference in the game. Great win for the Steelers on the road. Great, great win. And now for Buffalo, all those expectations, all that hype, you're 0-1, and you're going to Miami in week two. Now, they've owned the Dolphins. But Miami, we'll get to them a little bit. Feeling a little extra pep in my step after what I saw them do to the New England Patriots. Sometimes, better be lucky than good. Bengals, speaking of lucky, they yuck up what was a huge 14-point lead Taylor, on his own end, decides to go for it on fourth and one, change the entire feel of the game because they were in complete control. They let Minnesota get right back in it. You got all sorts of wonky shit in the overtime session, but the Bengals hold on and they win. Great win for Burrow. Fourth and, eight, fourth and inches, sneaks it over, gets the first down in overtime. I think that knee is feeling all right. And good for Jamar Chase, by the way. A lot of questions about the drop seas for him throughout the preseason. Put together a monster day, and the Bengals are 1-0. Vikings 0-1. Brutal, brutal loss for the Vikings. Niners, they held on for dear life. As someone who might have had the San Francisco 49ers in an eliminator pool this week, they're up by like 21 points. Lance is getting some burn. Mitchell's running it great. Garoppolo is thrown for over 300 yards. And this is one of the games, full disclosure. I, I, I am completely checked out on this game when they're up by 21 points. You know, there's 10 zillion things going on. I'm focused on Beaks. I'm focused on the Jets. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. Then all of a sudden, I see in the red zone, it's a one-score game. I'm like, what the fuck happened? What in the world happened in which the Lions are able to get back in this game? The Lions had a chance to tie it late. The Niners basically said enough is enough. 1-0 to start the year. Not pretty on defense. I'm sure Kyle Shanahan is not going to be in love with his team when he speaks to them after the game, but you don't apologize for wins in the National Football League. Lions 0-1. They're going to fight. They're going to be awful. That's my general conclusion with them. How about the Arizona Cardinals? When I think about big winners in week one, Arizona and Kyle Murray fit that description to a T. 38-13 over the Titans. Five touchdowns for Kyler. Kind of wish I had him on my fantasy team. Went with Lamar Jackson instead. We'll see how that pans out. Five sacks 
for Syracuse's own Chandler Jones. DeAndre Hopkins had a big day. Arizona is a team that a lot of people slept on, myself included, in the NFC West. That division, do not be surprised, folks, if there are four teams with winning records. That's how good that division is. As good as that division is, that's how bad the NFC North is. We'll get to that in a little bit. Really good win for Arizona. And now Tennessee's got to go to Seattle in week two. Dicey. Now, little egg on my face with this one. Chargers 20-16 over the football team. Fitzpatrick gets hurt. That's not the reason Washington lost this game. Heineke came in through a touchdown. And after a Herbert pick, Herbert and the Chargers were moving in at will, kicking field goals. They weren't scoring touchdowns. Herbert throws a pick. I'm like, Washington's got this game. They just got to take care of the football. The game turned on an Antonio Gibson fumble. He fumbles, boom, Chargers score. And this is where I got to give Rivera some shit. Ron Rivera is Riverboat Ron. And I like Ron personally. I think he's a great dude. Fourth and seven. You're letting Herbert and the Chargers move it up and down the field all game. You can't punt them. They punt. They basically get like a 17-yard net. Herbert converts a couple of big third downs, had a couple of really nice back shoulder throws, and Washington never gets the football back. You can't coach like that. That's unacceptable. You got to coach to win. I talk about this all the time. You got to coach to win. You got to play to win. Hated that line of thinking. Big win for the Chargers, though. I'm going to tell you why. The Chargers never win those sort of games. For the Chargers to maybe pull a game like that out of the fire, it shows me something. How about the Chargers and the Cowboys next week? Late afternoon slot on CBS. I like that game. Seattle, I love them today. 28-16 to 16 over the Colts. There are certain teams you don't worry about traveling to the East Coast. Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll, one of those teams. Big hookup with Lockett. Not a great day for Carson Wentz. Four touchdowns for Wilson. Seattle, listen, they're not perfect. They have their warts. They have their flaws. With Carroll and with Wilson, they're going to be in a lot of games. And the Colts, you mark my words on this. They will look a lot better at the end of the year than the way they do right now. They're going to look a heck of a lot better. How about the Texans? You know, I almost included this in the Super Contest, but I didn't have the balls to do it. I was like, I can't pick the Texans in week one. Well, as they say, scared money, don't make no money. 37-21. And explain this to me for Jacksonville. How does Jacksonville allow Trevor Lawrence in his first game to throw the ball 51 times and they only run it 16 times? That is completely unacceptable. Take some pressure off your young quarterback. Lawrence made some really nice plays, also turned it over three times. This was the classic, Bill from Los Angeles talks about this all the time, that nobody believes in us spot. This was a nobody believes in us spot for the Texans. No Watson, we stink, we're going to be the worst team. They go and win. Do I think differently to Texans? Absolutely not. But what I wonder about, what kind of patience is Urban Meyer going to have for the NFL? What kind of patience? Because <laughs> that guy don't lose. Now he's probably going to lose 11 or 12 games this year. Is he cut out for that? We shall see. Four o'clock window. How about those Miami Dolphins? How about them, Bill, from Los Angeles? How about them? Going into Gillette, second time in three years, and coming home with a victory. That is a beansy, beansy win for the Dolphins. Now, a couple of things. Number one, I lost my mind at the end of the first half. And I don't like live tweeting NFL games because just so much can happen. So, like, the idea of reacting to what you see is just so foolhardy. 
But when you see a play that just like drives you insane, I was throwing a temper tantrum at the end of the first half on that Alandon Roberts call on Mac Jones. I mean, are you kidding me? What do you want Alandon Roberts to do? What do you want him to do? It's third down. He's about to get a huge sack to get the Patriots off the field. What, because he tackled them low? How is he supposed to tackle them? When I let the points for the Patriots, I'm like, here we go. Fix this in. Patriots are going to win this game going away. The Dolphins coming out and scoring before the end of the first half and scoring to start the second half, gigantic. Now, this was exactly the sort of game I expected it to be. It was low scoring. It was close to the vest. I saw some good things from Tua. I thought Tua was having a really good game until that pick in the fourth quarter, which was a killer, and it almost cost the Dolphins a game. I thought Jones was sharp, was efficient, but seemed a little gun-shy. And maybe this was the Patriot game plan of going down the field. It seemed like New England was basically focused on, we're going to run the football, we're going to throw the seven-yard out, we're going to run our uh, crossing patterns that we've run for two decades, and that's basically what we're going to do. No big plays for the Patriots. And the Dolphins basically said, yeah, <laughs> go get them. They didn't throw at Xavier Howard all game. But sure enough, Xavier Howard, who got his new contract or his extension, strips Damian Harris when it looks like the Patriots are going in for a game-winning field goal or a go-ahead touchdown. And, hey, the Dolphins had to get a couple of first downs. They did. And that's a big win for Miami. I am fired up about the Dolphins winning that game to start off this season. They needed to get one of the first two against New England or Buffalo. And now it kind of takes the pressure off a little bit against an 0-1 Buffalo team that is going to be feeling the heat a little bit. Good win for Flores, good win for Tua. I'm, I'm in very good spirits. I just wish I included the Dolphins in the Super Contest. But for those of you who watch Push Your Bets on SNY, how about my same game parlay? Dolphins under Damian Harris over yards. Paid out 10-1 to if you were watching. That's why we provide you with excellent Push Your Bets into Spotify Greenroom Sunday pregame content. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. How about the Saints? 38-3 over the Packers. My goodness. Have a day, Jameis Winston. Have a day, Jameis Winston. This was one of those awful performances from Rodgers. Five touchdowns, zero picks. Efficient. And the Saints go and run for 171 yards. I'm telling you, folks. The Packers strike me as a team that's poised for regression. They won a lot of close games last year. I think they're flawed from a roster standpoint. I think they're way too reliant on Rodgers basically working his magic. And he has one foot out the door. See, that division stinks, so they'll probably end up winning it by default. But I'm telling you, Green Bay, not going to be as good as they were a year ago. Good win for the Saints, though. Really impressive. And then finally, the game of the day, I guess you would say. Kansas City coming from behind, down two scores, beating the Cleveland Browns by the score of 33-29. You never count. You never, ever, 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 ever count Patrick Mahomes out of a game. They have a habit for doing this, where it looked like Cleveland had the perfect game plan, running the football, playing keep away, executing in the red zone, going for two and showing it a little moxie. I love that early. Throwing a little trickery. Like that early. You need to play such a perfect game to beat Kansas City. Because Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes can kill you with the snap of a finger. And if you're going to make a brain fart like the Cleveland punter did, and you can't get a punt off, 
You're not surviving those mistakes in Arrowhead Stadium. Thankfully, we held on and got a cover. It was a little too close for comfort. And Mayfield, listen, I love him. He's got to be smarter with the football at the end of the game. That was a lazy, careless, inexcusable pass from Baker. And hey, Baker's a fourth-year quarterback. Those are the sort of mistakes you got to get out of your system if Cleveland is going to be an elite team. Cleveland's going to win a lot of games. In no way does this sour me on the Browns whatsoever this season. That's a what could have been. And do not be surprised if those two teams are playing again in the month of January. Do not be surprised in the least. So my big winners for today, got to say the Arizona Cardinals, got to say the Pittsburgh Steelers, Philadelphia Eagles, and the Miami Dolphins. Listen, going into Gillette, I mean, I'm not throwing the bias out there. That's a major win. And at least it puts Bill in Los Angeles in a rotten mood the rest of the week. Ah, beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. All right, we'll come back. Voicemail time. They should be spirited. Giant fans not happy. We'll see the mood of the Jeff fan. That's coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. It's voicemail time. And I feel like these are going to be a lot of fun post-football Sunday into Monday. And remember, we're doing these pods Sunday night. So this pod right now is being done right after the 4 o'clock games. We are going to have a Spotify green room right after the Subway Series. So we'll have you covered on that. we got a two-parter special edition. But the voicemail number, figuring out how to get in touch with good old New York, New York. 917-382-1151. Saruti, hit me, baby. What do we got? What's good, John? This is Ryan from Yorkville. And Jesus Christ, we're already mid-season form as the Giants are fumbling away their season in a literal sense. And also, well, no, it's in a literal sense. Our O-line gets many stops as a green light. And I just want to know when we give up on Dale Jones and Dave Feldman. They're clearly not the answer. Maybe Dale Jones could do better than some other team that actually can teach him how to hold a fucking ball and put his knee down before he lets go of it. And surely it doesn't help that we are the team that has drafted Eric Flowers way back when and still acts like we do have Eric Flowers on the team. So how do we rectify this? How much longer do we need to be in the suck? Let me know. I understand that critique. The reality is the Giants have been a bad football team since they won that second Super Bowl. When they won that second Super Bowl with Eli Manning and Tom Coughlin, you were on top of the world with this franchise. You realized Tom Coughlin was a Hall of Famer at that point. You realized at some point Eli Manning was going to end up in Canton as well. Since then, the Giants have two winning seasons, and I think six out of the last seven, they've been well under 500. Sooner or later, you got to snap out of the suck. The offensive line is a problem. The quarterback, to me, is a problem. The defense has got to be better. And guess what? Saquon Barkley, I understand you're coming back off an injury. 
I know it might take you a little bit of time. You got to be better. Do you want to earn some sort of big contract from the Giants to somebody else? You got to be more explosive than the guy I saw today. This is a very alarming and a very eye-opening week one performance. And if the Giants go and lay an egg in Washington in week two and continue to stink and lose again, that pressure is only going to intensify with this franchise. This was as bad as it gets. Because it felt like it was same old, same old from this offense. And let's be honest, that ain't a good thing. Who's next? JJ, Pete in Westchester, man. Fucking Giants games got me fuming. I had to call, call in here. This game had it all. What can you say? This is a fucking goddamn just, you know, combination of all the fucking problems with this team we've seen over the years. You got Danny Jones fumbling, killing a drive. You got the defense can't get off the field on third down. You got Joe Judge throwing a fucking challenge flag on a scoring play. Buddy, this is your second year. You got to know better. And as I'm watching, I'm calling touchdown Broncos going to be 27-7 here in just a second. Home we, home games, September 11th weekend, team just shits the bed. I'm, the Giants fans were way too used to this feeling. It's so fucking frustrating. Get hyped up for the team every year. I let myself get sucked in every year. And, dude, I'm just I'm human. This is fucking terrible. But I guess got to get Washington next week. Fitzpatrick's out. All right, bud. Bye-bye. Thanks. Listen, in week one, the Giants couldn't have laid a bigger egg. And Joe Judge has got to know better. That is an inexcusable brain fart. The bigger issue to me, Jones and a defense. The Giant defense is supposed to be better than this. They got two games with the Dallas Cowboys on the schedule. They got Kansas City on the schedule. They got Tampa on the schedule. They have this sort of effort against Kansas City. Kansas City is going to score 50 points. They're going to score 50 points. The Giants could not get off the field on third down. They couldn't make that big defensive play. They made one. You thought maybe they were going to make another one and ends up getting overturned. But Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy freaking Bridgewater, for goodness sakes, is doing whatever he wants. No bueno. No bueno at all. Who's next? Hey, JJ. It's uh, George from Chicago. Um, man, I, I don't know where to start with my Giants. I mean, you know, might as well start off with the obvious. Man, that, that Jones fumble, it was just a big backbreaker for the game. And I think... You know, it kind of sucked out the air of the, the stadium and, and we lost momentum after that. But the, the big one, I just, I don't get it. He just, I don't get why he always stares down his receivers. It's just such an obvious clue. I saw at least, at least two interceptions that should have been caught. And, man, I don't know. As for the, the O-line, man, the, the run blocking is just not good. So many second and eights, you know. I don't think I saw a seven-yard rush, you know. And, and Barkley, you know, he's trying to get back. And, you know, after that injury, I just, you know, and then finally drops by Shepard, Slayton, and it seemed like Rudolph, he didn't know the plays. Like, there were about three plays that I saw in that game where Rudolph and Jones were just not on the same page. And, you know, finally, the, the defense, that was the biggest surprise. This defense was supposed to be good this year. They couldn't create pressure. The secondary coverage was bad, and even a bad challenge by Judge. You know, that that challenge wasn't allowable. It was a scoring play. I don't know, J.J., man. It's a bad start to the year. You know, what, what do you think was, you know, kind of the, the key to that game? Was it Jones? Was it the O-line? Was it the defense? I'm, I don't know. A lot of poor aspects to that game. Anyways, keep up the great work. Love the podcast. And, uh uh, congrats on that uh, that Dolphins win. 
Well, I appreciate those kind words, number one. Number two, the two biggest plays to me, one, the Jones fumble, which was an absolute killer, when it looked like the Giants were about to get right back in the ballgame, an inexcusable fumble, the same sort of crap that we've seen from Daniel Jones the last two-plus years. Um, the other thing is the overall defense on third down. You're absolutely right. How many instances in this game did you feel like the Giants, third and short, third and long, make a damn play? Somebody make a play. I know the offensive line stinks. I know this quarterback is robotic at times and has his faults and has his warts. Giant defense can't be this bad. Because if this is the giant defense you're getting for the rest of this year, Giants going to be a really bad football team. It's one game. But if this is the sort of defense you're going to get, then, yeah, there's, there's not much to see here. Who's next? Hey, JJ. Uh, Joe on the Upper East Side. Watching the Giants game, uh, 429 left. They're uh, going to lose. They look awful. Uh, can I use this game as an excuse to not care about this fucking team for the rest of the year? I can't get sucked in for them to be this bad. Is there any hope? Is there any bright spots for me to look? Because I haven't seen one single one this game. Love your thoughts. Thanks. If I had to give you a bright spot, I thought Sterling Shepard looked terrific. Here's the problem with Sterling Shepard. Can he play enough games? That has been a knock on him. It's another major knock on Kenny Galladay. Are they actually going to be on the field and are they going to be productive? I thought Shepard played well. You want me to find you a bright spot? That would be my bright spot. I can't give you Barkley. I can't give you Jones. I can't give you the defense. I can't give you the offensive line. I can't give you the head coach. But it's the NFL. The Giants have had years where they've started off 0-7. They win a couple of games. They're in a bad division. And I got Giant fans talking playoffs. So, you know, from that standpoint, you'll continue to get suckered in. But you got to be real with the expectations of this team. This is not a championship team, not by any means. Nowhere close to that. You want to get back to being a winning team. How many more losing years can you have for the Giants? That's why you got to stop that bleeding immediately on Thursday. Thursday is a gigantic game. I cannot stress that enough. Gigantic. Who's next? JJ, Eric from Plainville. Week one, and I'm already tired of Dave Gettleman. He, he's he's got to go, JJ. This team put up absolutely garbage effort. Their first-round pick, Tooney, was nowhere to be seen. Unless you're getting a Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase, how could you spend a first-round pick on a guy that's not even going to be involved in your game plan? Makes absolutely no sense. This guy's wasted draft picks time after time, and, and this team's going nowhere. They made The defense had Chetty Bridgewater looking like Patrick Mahomes. They couldn't get any pressure on him, and it, it's just beyond frustrating, J.J. The season already seems like it's a waste, and we got to – I guess hope until next year, maybe have some changes going. I guess Jones looked okay at times, but he had a key fumble that, that just seems to cost him. Every time he looks good, he turns it over and it makes, you know, all his good plays go to waste. And, uh, you know, it's frustrating. You know, we'll, we'll see how he does next week, short week, but, uh, but yeah, it's frustrating. We, we, we got to get this GM out of town and, and start fresh and have somebody get, get somebody in there that knows what they're doing. Thanks, JJ. Guys, there's nothing worse than you talking about off-season changes one week 
into an NFL season. Um, do I understand the critiques with Gettleman? I do. Listen, I, I have been one of the leaders of the Dave Gettleman must go fan club because you would be shocked, shocked to find out that there are actually, there are actually Dave Gettleman apologists around town. There are actually some people who are dumb enough to think that Dave Gettleman has done a good job in building the infrastructure of the New York Giants. Let that sink in for a moment. I mean, I would love to have those sort of results at my job. I, I, I would love to be able to get that sort of report card and then say, all right, I can come home. Nothing to worry about here. Listen, I think the Giants have some big problems. I don't think there's any question about it. They have some big, big problems. It's one week, though. It's a balancing act. But if you're going to get more of these sort of games, it's eye-opening. Giant fan is not happy. That is my general takeaway from our first Football Monday New York, New York show. Giant fan, not happy. Who's next? JJ, Justin in Miami. Uh, congrats on your Dolphins. Um, you know, it wasn't necessarily pretty, but a win is a win. You take it. Especially when you beat the, the apparently the, the favorite to win the Super Bowl, according to your boss. I mean, like, Bill from L.A., if you want to pick the Patriots and say that you're picked to win the Super Bowl, that's fine. But you can't say it's not a homer pick. I mean, I'm listening. I don't know if you heard this, JJ, but he's basically saying his Super Bowl pick is New England, and he's saying it's not a homer pick. And then he goes on to like list all of these these conclusions that nobody else would say, like the Patriots' backfield is as good as the Browns, or that Mac Jones is going to be the first rookie ever to win the Super Bowl. I mean, come on, like if you if you want to pick a picture in the Super Bowl built from LA, that's fine. Just say it's a homer pick. It's fine. You're a fan of the team. Now, I'm unfortunately I'm a fan of the Giants. It may just look terrible today, JJ, and you know. I think this is just going to become a, a situation where, you know, assuming they lose Thursday, here we are again, 0-2, seven time in eight years. I mean, Bill, Dave Gettleman's never not started 0-2. And you look at, you look at this roster, and there's just no real blue chippers. And, and I think that's the problem. I mean, the only thing I, you know, as a Giants fan, you, you kind of are holding out hope for is you could have two top 10 picks potentially between the Bears pick and the Giants pick, but, you know, Daniel Jones, the sad thing is here, the guy can move the ball, but you can't have a guy who just literally, you know, fumbles the ball. I mean, it's the equivalent of having a, a closer who's going to walk runs in. So, looks like a long year. You got off to a good start. Happy for you, man. Uh, hopefully, your team at least will make the playoffs. Take care. I love our guy coming in with a parting shot for our buddy, our pal, Bill from Los Angeles. And Bill from Los Angeles does not have a voicemail line. So, I guess complaints via Bill from Los Angeles, can come directly here. And I did hear Simmons on uh, his pod the other day with Schrager. I love Bill. He's the best. He's the best. Uh, was I cackling a little bit when he picked the Patriots to go to the Super Bowl? Yes. Yes, I was. And did that enhance my belief that the Dolphins maybe were going to have a moment this weekend? It sure did. It sure did. I'm not apologizing for style points with the Dolphins. I'll take wins in New England any which way I can. Remember this. From 2001 to 2019, the Dolphins won one game at Gillette Stadium. Over 18 goddamn years. They won one time. With Brian Flores as their head coach, they've won two of the last three years up in Gillette. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Mm. Two to go. Hey, JJ, Eric down in Florida. Made my way up to Charlotte, currently at Bank of America Stadium here. It's the third quarter of watching an anemic Jets offense. Uh, I tell you what, LaFleur, uh, not very impressive in his first game as the OC for the Jets. 
Zach Wilson's done some things that, you know, they definitely have filled on, look good, can work on some decision-making. But the play calling has put him in some of the worst positions I've seen. The right side of the offensive line can't block the shit. And if they keep bringing all this edge pressure, defensive back up, fucking run some of these little dumps right behind them. Get them off the line. Give yourself a chance to build the offense. And the adjustments are a joke in the second half. Doesn't look like a prodigy of Shanahan's offense in San Francisco. I don't want to reach too much in week one, but I want to see a lot of improvement come week two. Take it easy. Appreciate it. I'm not going to read too much into one game of play calling when we're seeing LaFleur do this for the first time now. You want to get some easy throws for Wilson. I would agree with that. Especially with a beleaguered offensive line. And that means one of two things. Get the ball out of his hands quicker. You saw the Patriots do that at home with Mac Jones today. But you know what else will help? The Jets being able to run the football. And that was a major problem in this particular matchup. And that is going to be a problem for the Jets all year. If it does not change, you've got to be able to run the football. Jets did not run it effectively today. A few plays here and there. You want to take some pressure off the rookie, do exactly that. Last, but certainly not least, who's on the horn. Hey, John. It's Jake from Charlotte. Well, Jets are off to an 0-1 start. That offensive line was, I'll be nice, below average today. Um, and on top of that, Mekhi Becton, uh, according to Ian Rappaport, has an MCL sprain, so he might be out for a month. So Jets lose arguably their best offensive lineman um, week one in the season. So, yeah, off to a great start. Um, I guess the only positive you could say is that Corey Davis is going to be a fantasy junk time superstar. Um, but yeah, other than that, on to New England for week two and hopefully, uh, Jets surprise people and get a win. All right. Thanks. Bye. Be happy about the fact that your team didn't die like dogs. I can't stress that enough. If Adam Gaze was coaching the New York Jets today, the Jets lose this game 35 to nothing. 35 to three. There was an instance late in the game where the Jets actually went for it. I texted my old buddy, my old pal, big Jeff fan, the great Nittany Lion, Mike Flugelman. I go, Gaze is coaching his team. He's punting. I know it sounds like simplistic for modern day NFL football. The idea of coaching and playing to win. They haven't seen it with the Jets the last two years. I think you're going to get it with this coaching staff. The second half is something to build on. There's going to be a real tall order against the Patriots next week. A very, very tall order. Angry Patriot team, very, very stout defense. Very curious to see what Wilson has in store for his home opener. Play competitive spirited football, though, and you'll be able to win the Jet fan over. See, the Jet fan doesn't expect a whole lot of wins this year, and if they do, they're delusional. The Giant fan is thinking in a bad division, they can compete, they can contend, and they can win this division. From what we saw in week one, Giants better be a lot better because... This performance is like one of those where it's like, oh boy. You get a lot more like that. This is where a season can end fast. And that's that. Seven of the, late, seven of the last eight years, they've started off 0-2. You wonder why they've been a losing franchise. You may not necessarily win a Super Bowl in September. You could absolutely spoil a season in the month of September. And I've seen the Jets and the Giants do that on way too many occasions. Giants lose Thursday, deep, deep doo no other way around it. Deep, deep doo We'll come back. We'll give you a play for Monday Night Football and put a nice little bow on this before we reconvene after Yankees-Mets. 
on our Spotify Green Room. We're coming right back. With Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot, you can upgrade your home with up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages from top brands like Maytag. Enhance your kitchen with the exclusive Maytag French door refrigerator and fingerprint resistant stainless steel only at the Home Depot. And with dual power filtration on the Maytag tall tub dishwasher, you can skip soaking and scrubbing. Right now, get Memorial Day savings up to $2,400 off select kitchen packages at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Pricing valid May 16th through June 5th. U.S. only. See store online for details. All right, before we say goodbye, Monday Night Football, and I am 2-2 two and two on the week. Beningo finished up at 2-3. and three. I need the Raiders to give me a winning week. We hit with the Browns. We hit with Seattle. We lost with the football team. We lost with the Falcons. The Falcons may be on the list. <laughs> I might be done with them for a while. But you guys know I'm on Vegas. Locked it in at 4.5. I think they will be a very live team. I think they will be a very spirited team. Vegas plus four and a half is the play. Jeff Money, you had a successful week one. Credit going with Philly over Atlanta. You got me there, pal. What do you got? What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper picks. This will be for Monday the 13th. I'm going with two plays. My first play for the money play, I'm going to go with the Ravens minus the four over the Raiders. Now, I know you like the Raiders. And even I know with the injuries with the Ravens and the line, I just got to, I'm going to stick with the Ravens minus the four. Then we've got to pick it. It's a Monday game. It's not part of my contest plays, but that is, uh, that's going to be my play for a Monday. It's been in baseball. I'm going to take the Tampa Bay Rays plus the 120 over the Jays. Remember, it's always listed pitches. It'd be, uh, Rasmussen versus Manor. Rasmussen, he's 1 and 0 with a, 1.93 ERA his last three outings. Manor is 0-0 with a 5.82 his last three. I know he's been doing good at home, but I think it's a nice dog to go with, with the Tampa Bay Rays plus the 120. So, again, money play, we're going to go with the Baltimore Ravens minus the four, and we're going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays plus the 120. All right, J.J., I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. I'll be rooting for that Tampa Bay play. Very significant when you consider what's at stake for the Yankees. And we're heads up on Monday Night Football. Hopefully, I can be Mr. Monday Night. And it will mark a winning week and a lead here in the Super Contest against the great Joe Beningo. Fun show, spirited show. Boy, I love football. Isn't it amazing to have football Sundays back in our lives? We're going to be doing this now for the next 17 weeks. What a thing of beauty. Fabulous job, fellas. We got our nightcap pod. Yankees, Mets, Subway Series reaction. We got you covered there. Green Room, check it out live. JJ out. Be good, everybody.